morning. My name's Tom. I've been coming to Mansfield Bible Church uh, about two years now. Um, I'll be reading Ephesians 4, verse 11 through uh, 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints to work in the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity and faith in the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves that are carried about in every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceit schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into his head, into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with it is equipped so each part working properly to make the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. Minute. Oh, you got it. I'm excited. If you get a chance afterwards to meet Tom, please do. I'm, uh, he's a great encouragement to me. I've, uh, a couple years ago, he came, and I think every week when he comes, he fills up a row of people he's bringing along with him, family or friends, and, and uh, really, really excited. So if you haven't got to meet him, please this morning make sure that Maybe afterwards you go by and you say hi and kind of get to know Tom. He's, he's uh, like I said, he's been a real encouragement for me uh, in the Lord. And it's interesting this morning because we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And it's talking a little bit about serving and being involved and so forth. And it's interesting, like some of you may not realize, is that this morning uh, we had to kind of kind of patch together the praise team. We had quite a few sicknesses in the, with children of different leaders and so forth who couldn't, couldn't be here. And so yesterday we're morning, we we're trying to figure things out. And I said, well, I guess I'll just have to lead worship. And uh, Alan said, no, uh, he stepped up and he led. And now, if you ever heard me sing, you know why they do not let me sing in the, in the church for multiple reasons. Uh, but anyway, we're excited. Thank you guys for stepping up and being able to, uh, to do that and lead us in worship this morning. A couple of things I do want to mention um, are, are, if you haven't looked at it, there's the budget. We're in the process of voting as a church family on the budget as we trust what God will do over the next year. So they're out there on the table. There's finance team members out there as well. If you have any questions and there's a place to do a ballot where you can go online and do that as well. Also next week, I believe it's uh, a friend or someone that Greg had known, but we have a guy coming that's called, uh, I guess it's Shop Israel. There'll be some tables out in the lobby with different artifacts that, and stuff from Israel. And uh, you wanna, you'll wanna be here and see that next week. So that'll be next Sunday out in the lobby as well. So real excited about, about that uh, uh, also. Good to see you all this morning. One of the things I get really excited about is when we start seeing uh, uh, new members and people who join our fellowship and who commit to, to here and being a part of the, of the body. So we have a couple of families that are joining this week. First is, I think it's uh, Denise and Albert Lopez. Is that right? Yes. 
Yeah, man. It's about time. Y'all have seen them. Y'all have seen them. Okay, I'm sorry. Y'all have seen them. They've been greeting for us for a while. We're at the coffee bar and all that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have said that, Albert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. So glad. It's just great to see you be a part of that. And they've been serving here for a while as well. And then the second family is the Circus, Amy and uh, uh, Rusty. And it's, if I get this right, Will, Wyatt, and Brooklyn. Is that correct? Yeah, there they are over there. Yeah, um, they've, been, they've been a part of our Awanas program for a couple of years now. Is that right? And uh, at BBS started coming here on Sunday mornings and has now joined our fellowship. We're real excited about them. Uh, if you get a chance, please get to meet them. Uh, Amy does some financial coaching as well as uh, Rusty, he's a truck driver in our area, and so he's going to fit right in, and then we have a few truck drivers in here. Uh, so real excited. Please take time to get to know these families. We're about the body of Christ, right? We're a family. We are God's people. Our mission is that we're just a group of people learning how to follow Jesus as we, what, abide in Christ, as we belong to the family of God, and as we impact the world and those around us. So it's an opportunity for us to continue to grow. So without any ado, let's go ahead and take some time to pray. Let me say this before we pray this morning. Um, there's been a lot going on within our church body over this last week. In fact, I was sharing with the first hour. It just seems like there's been a little bit of a spiritual warfare going on. Nothing, nothing, you know, it's just part of life. If you're a child of God, we have an adversary that wants to take you out. I mean, it's just the reality. And we need to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to be a people that is seeking after him. And so this week, this, there's just been different things. We have some folks within our, our, our midst as well, within our body, who are going through some very difficult times. And some are just, uh, for lack of the word, any other word, unbearable. And it makes it very tough to remain uh, uh, steadfast in our faith, but we come along. There's people that do come along and encourage, but sometimes we as a body, we need to pray. And so we're going to take some time, not only praying about the message today, but let's just pray for the body of Christ this morning and that we as God's people hear from him today. So maybe you're sitting with your spouse or your child, grab their hand, just, let's, let's just join together as a body of believers and let's pray. Father God, we just come before you this morning. And we lift up to you the body. Father, we are your people. You are from everlasting to everlasting. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one else, dear God, that we would bow a knee before today. For you are the one and true God. And there's no one else that we seek. And we come before you today, Father as we worship, as we just sing praises unto you, because God, you are worthy of our praise and you're worthy of our worship. And Father, as we go into this time and we open your word, we come with expectation, with hope, with confidence that your spirit would speak to us. Father, your spirit would give us exactly what we need, whether it's encouragement or exhortation, but Father, even if it's confrontation, if it's, if it's being provoked and being challenged, that God, we would trust your spirit to speak to us today. But then, Father, we know that, that 
just living in this world of chaos and darkness around us, that, Father, as lights in this world, we also know that the battle grows weary many, many times. And there's some among our, our, our fellowship, God, among the, the people that are here that, that are going through difficult times. Father, where, where it feels crushing even. And Father God, we lift them up. We ask God that you would raise up, you'd raise up those that have been sick. Father, that you would give them health. We pray God for those that are under medical attention, that God, you would give wisdom. There's some, Father, under, under financial issues. God, may you... May they be people that look to you. You are our provider and sustainer. And then, Father, we know there's relational. There's many different things that go on. And, God, you are the great healer, and you heal us spiritually that we might learn to walk in love and grace and mercy. So, Father, this morning we ask that you would speak to us. And, Father, I would just ask of you that you would go past all of my own shortcomings and sins and iniquities and speak to us, your people, for you truly are the God of gods and the King of kings and worthy of our worship and worthy to be heard. So God, speak to us today in Jesus' name, amen. So <clears throat> I have a slide I wanna start with. Um, today is just kind of a one one message, I'm calling it Christ follower, a Jesus follower, uh, walking where he leads. What does that look like? I mean, we've been talking all summer. I don't know if you, you realize this or not, but all summer I've been talking about who we are. I mean, we were looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You remember that? And we talked about being a new creation. We've been regenerated. We've been regeneration, that there's new life. We've been reconciled with God. Well, if I stay here, I'm going to get excited and then you're all going to put up with that. But nevertheless, that's who we are. As new people in Christ Jesus, we're a new creation. And then we talked in, in, in the next section, we were looking at Galatians chapters 1 through 4, Jared and Matt and myself. And we saw justification. We, we saw that we were set free. We were set free to live for Christ. Because we're a new creation, Jesus has set us free to live in righteousness, to live in godliness, that we would have a right relationship with our God, that we would not be marred by this world and the sins of this world, but that we would stand in his presence and walk with him and know the sweetness of the fellowship and that the gospel is a great equalizer, isn't it? It's a great equalizer. And all who would come, there'll never be anybody you'll ever meet that the gospel wasn't meant for. Never. And then in August, I kind of talked about passion for the mission. And I kind of dealt with our, our mission statement that we're a group of people learning to follow Jesus together. And that we do that as we abide and belong and impact. And we talked about being passionate about God's word and passionate about prayer, passionate about oneness, passionate about reaching others for Christ, about who we are as believers. In the last couple of weeks, Greg Buckles has been talking about small groups and the importance of being in small groups. Why? Because we are followers of Jesus. We are God's people. And if we're going to follow after Jesus, what does that look like? Have we 
we got to be careful that we don't buy into the Western culture, right? That we kind of come into church and, and, and we walk into this building and we meet for an hour and we go home and somehow we say, hey, I'm a Jesus follower. Well, I don't buy that. When I followed Jesus, when my life was changed, there was a transformation that took place. And if you've known me for any length of time, you probably would say, Greg, there's been a transformation in the time I've known you. Because God is constantly transforming me and growing me into, his, into the likeness of his son. He's wanting to grow me into maturity. And you know what? God is passionate about you growing into maturity as well. That spiritual maturity is a priority of the follower of Christ. If you're going to say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm, I'm a, a disciple of his, then maturity is going to be a goal. It's going to be a priority. And one of the reasons I can say that so confidently is that the DNA of the Holy Spirit that dwells in those who believe is about maturity. He wants you to grow in his son. He wants you to grow in Jesus, to grow in Christ, and to be more and more like Christ, to be conformed into to his image. So... I still, I came up or I came across this quote from D.L. Moody. I love D.L. Moody. Uh, if you know much about him, he was a shoe salesman who started a great work, great evangelist. Many came to Christ. Um, I remember one time I got one of his books that wasn't uh, rewritten because Moody's English was even worse than mine. Um, he, he, would, he would write and you really couldn't understand it. You just couldn't understand his writing. His English was so bad. He was often criticized for that in, in the papers and, and in the news of the day. They didn't have social media like we do now where they could attack him 24-7. It was only every day when the newspaper came out, right? And so they, one of the things Moody would do is he'd take questions. So during the time he would be preaching, people could write a question out and an usher would come by and just kind of set it up on the pulpit. And then Moody would take it and he would open it up and answer their question. And he opens up this one paper because he was a man of great wit. He opened up this one paper and all it said was the word fool on it. And he said, man, I've had many anonymous letters that were not signed, but I never had a message that came that was only signed without the letter <laughs> or without the message. He was, he was a great wit. Those guys, I love reading him and Spurgeon and some of the others. But D.L. Moody said this. He said, converts should be weighed, not just counted. What does he mean by that? He's saying that it isn't just that we count the number of people that come to Christ, but there should be a weight about their lives. In other words, how we live our lives is important. That if I'm going to stand here and say that I am a follower of Jesus, how I conduct my life, that transformed life that I have, makes all the difference in the world. In fact, I would ask you, if, if your life is any different during the week, what is your life like? Is Jesus something you do just Sunday morning? Or is there more? See, I believe that if we're going to be followers of Jesus and we're going to learn how to follow him, then we're going to be pursuing maturity. We're going to be pursuing growth. We're going to, we're going to want to grow in Jesus. We're not, going to, we're not going to be satisfied to be stagnant. We're not going to be satisfied to just kind of keep the comfortable. We're not going to be satisfied to just keep the status quo. But that we'll want to grow 
in Christ and who he is in our lives. And so D.L. Moody, I think, has it right when he says this about, about us growing, that it's more about us being weighed. And what does it look like when we, when we do follow Jesus? And I think Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 gives us a little insight into that as well. In verse 11, as Tom had read this so well for us, in verse 11 it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Now, he gives us a list here. And what he's telling us in this verse, in verse 11, is that God has given us gifts within the body. Now, I, I think you understand, I cannot unpack everything that has to do with spiritual gifts. But I do want us to understand a couple of things. If you go back to verse seven in this chapter, in verse seven, the apostle Paul writes, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. That word grace there is that kind of an enabling power that works in us. When you receive Christ into your life and you became a child of God, God gave you grace. He gave you a gift and enabling to work within the body of Christ. I want you to understand that. Let me back up. That when you came to Christ, he gave you an enabling to work within the body of Christ. Did, 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 did something change? My, is that God or, you know, or something? Wow, I never seen that happen to me. Anyway, we'll, we'll go on. I, I can keep preaching. I just all of a sudden like, Lord, I was making an emphasis, but I didn't, didn't know you were gonna change that on me. But anyway, that God has given you an enabling within the body of Christ to work within the body of Christ, okay? And so when he says here in verse seven of chapter four that he has given you grace to each one. So what that implies is that everybody who's come to Christ has an enabling, a spiritual gift in order to operate within the body of Christ. And the picture is that it's according to the measure of Christ. In other words, I believe this wholeheartedly, that Christ is the one who gives them. I know this in other passages, that it's according to God's purposes, God's plan, the way that each one of us has been gifted within the body of Christ. So that's the intent of the body. When he talks about in verses one through six of this chapter, he's talking about spiritual unity. Remember we looked at that a few weeks ago when we talked about belonging and understanding that we belong to the body of Christ. Well, as part of that belonging within the body of Christ is also the reality of understanding that within the body of Christ, we've been gifted to do something with the body or with a gift within the body. The picture isn't that, that we're to be individuals only concerned about the spiritual gift and how it impacts me, but that we're to be concerned about the whole body. Please understand that. He goes on in verses eight through 10, and he describes this victor. In fact, if you were to look at uh, Psalm 68, verse 18, uh, Paul is kind of referring to that passage there in verse eight, and it's a picture of a victor who goes off and has great victory, and he brings back some of the spoils, and he gives it to the people and as a result of, of victory. Well, Christ did something for us. He gained a great victory. And through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Christ gained for us the victory over death and sin. So that today I stand in the righteousness of Christ. I am declared righteous by the work of God, by what he has done. And Christ, when he did that and he accomplished victory and we believe in him and we trust him, he's given us gifts 
and spiritual gifts, enablings within the body of Christ. So when we look at verse 11, we're seeing a list of gifts. In fact, if you look through the scriptures, not any one of the spiritual gifts that are listed in the scriptures is a complete list. They all have different that we put together. But I believe these are spiritual gifts. Some men who are godly men, good, good students of the word, would say these are gifted men given to the church. And I don't necessarily hold that. I think it's spiritual gifts given to the body. And so when we look at these gifts and we see that there's some here, there's teacher, there's pastor teacher, there's evangelist and so forth, that they're for the purpose within the body. Every spiritual gift has a purpose. It's always the question you ask whenever you're talking about spiritual gifts. What is the purpose? And the purpose here that Paul has given us is in verse 12 when he's telling us why these spiritual gifts are important. In fact, in verse 12, I believe what he's telling us is that the Jesus follower, the person who's gonna follow Jesus, he needs to be passionate about ministry. Look at it. In verse 12, he says, he gives these gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith, verse 13, and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, there's a lot there, right? First thing he says in talking about this is to equip the saints. That word equip is an interesting word. It means to mend. It was used of them mending their nets. Or it was also used of, of setting a bone. It's to, to restore to its original use or to restore for proper use. And it's this picture whereby that the purpose of these gifts is that they were to, to equip or to, to restore, to establish, to get back in the game. If you want to use a picture of uh, like an equipment manager in sports who's getting everybody ready to go out in the game. The difference is, is in the church, the way God designed it, isn't that there's just a few people on the field. We're all on the field. We're all in the game. We've all been equipped. And if we're not using, we're missing out. So the purpose is that we would be kept or restored. In fact, I believe this picture is this idea that because of sin and iniquity, when humanity was, was thrown and thrust into iniquity and, and the condemnation that came with that, there's a restoration because of what Christ has conquered and completed for us in his death, his burial, and his resurrection that now there's a restoration that's taking place. And as we grow and we mature in Christ, we begin to realize maturity and understanding. It's my son, um, my oldest son came home this weekend. He has a chair and a big ottoman and the ottoman had a busted wheel underneath. And he asked me, he said, can you fix it? And I said, yeah, just bring it, we'll figure it out. So last night I was in there and I went out there and I was tearing it apart, tearing away the, the fabric to get down to the, the deal broke, pulled out the broken stuff, started, you know, restoring, started mending it, started putting it back together and reinforcing it so that it'll, it'll go back to its original use and to be well. And it's the same picture within the body. Some of you come to the church, you come with hurts, you come with iniquity, you come with misconceptions, misunderstandings, and so you come to the church and, and then there's, as we, as we use our gifts within the body, sometimes, sometimes mercy's needing and, and compassion. Sometimes it's teaching. Sometimes it's exhortation. Sometimes it's just 
evangelistic. It's, it's because come, you've come and you don't know Jesus personally and, and, and you want to know of Christ and, and someone is exercising that gift. And, and so within the body, there's a beginning of a restoration. There's a beginning of many. There's an equipping that takes place within the body. And I want you to understand something, that it's each one, every one of you. Can I just be honest with you for a minute? I usually am, um, but <laughs> that's one of my weaknesses, right? That sometimes I'm too on. Let me be honest with you. What do we do when we get hurt? What do we do when there's misunderstandings? What do we do when we don't like something? What do we do when, when we don't understand something? We pull back, don't we? We pull away. We cut off. We distant. That's what we do in the flesh. And the picture is that as, as the gifts, as we exercise the gifts within the body, there's an equipping, there's a mending that takes place. There's a coming together that takes place. That's what Paul's gonna describe in these verses that, that takes place within the body of Christ. He says equip for what? To equip the saints for what? For the work of the ministry. There's something so profound about this statement that under the sovereignty of God and the divine plan of God, you know what his intent was? Is that the body comes together to work in the ministry for one another. So when we pull away, we're pulling away from the very thing that God wants for us. The unity of the body the, the exhortation of the body, the teaching, the, the, the unity of faith that we need, that we would grow in that, in that ministry, that we don't pull away from, we don't segregate ourselves from others. We lose that perspective so many times. You know, some of you did this today, by the way. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, don't tell me. Just keep it to yourselves. But when you walk through the door, you walked in, you go, yeah, I'm at church. I'm at church today. That's, that's, that's just a big lie. It's not this building. It's you. And if we were meeting out in the field, where we're meeting at the park or at a coffee shop, we're meeting somewhere else, you know what? We're the church. We are the church. God has gifted us for the work of the ministry, and we have to quit looking at a building as being the church this building could crumble tomorrow and the churches can be just as strong, if not stronger than ever before. Amen. We need to understand. We need to understand that it's the body of Christ, maturity. If we're gonna be passionate about following Jesus, we have to be passionate about maturity. And if we're passionate about maturity, we're passionate about ministry because God has designed it that way. He goes on, he says, not only for the work of the ministry, but for the building up of the body of Christ there in verse 12. The church is spiritually built up as all of us are engaged in ministry. As you do ministry, you're adding to the growth of the body. And if you're, if you're you know, a lot of times I'm asking people, I'll go, hey, can you serve? Can you do? And sometimes, you know, like, oh, well, all right, but, you know, yeah, I guess if you need me. You know what? God doesn't need you. He's chosen to use you, but he doesn't need you. I'm always remarkable at how God carries out his plan regardless of my own foolishness. You know, we serve, why? 
Because he's called us to that. We need to be hungry about ministry. We need to be thirsting for ministry. Why? Because in it, there's maturity. In it, that's where the opportunities are to see God do things that we couldn't see him otherwise. I was so scared to death the first time I ever preached. Uh, maybe I've shared this before. If I did, just show me grace. First time I ever preached. I was like 19 years old, really just kind of a couple years seeking after God. And I told someone I wanted to preach. I said, sure, come on down to the homeless mission. All right, I'll go down there. I'll preach God's word. I was all excited. Had my passage and everything sitting up there. And I'm sitting like this up in, in the front. And I'd never been to one before. Not only had I never preached, I'd never been there before. So I had no idea the context. So I leaned over to the guy and I'm like, man, these guys look pretty angry. Have you ever had any of them attack you or come after you? Oh, no, no, not at all. You know, I'm just a kid. No, 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 not at all, you know. I'm like, oh. And then, and then just as the guy was about to call my name, he leaned over and he said, but I bet they would like to. <laughs> So I get up to preach, right? I'm about 10 minutes into this thing. I'm, I'm at waxing eloquently, right? Well, I, I, don't, I have no idea, to be honest with you. I, I really didn't know enough to be preaching, but uh, I was just stepping out. I believe God wanted me to do it, so I stepped out and said, let's do it. Well, I'm about 10 minutes in, a guy over here to the back starts like this at me, you know? And I'm like, so I start preaching to this side, right? Because that side obviously needs help and it's not gonna come from me. Jesus needs to show up over there. So I start preaching to this side. Well, the guy doesn't take that, you know, he's not, you know, so he gets up and he comes down across and he, there's a center aisle right here and he's coming right down and I'm on the floor. So I'm meant to say, there's nothing between him and me and I'm thinking, okay guys, come, let's tackle him, let's do all. And he's just, he's saying all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, all I can think of is God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I think I said it about 50 times. It's God loves you. God loves you. And he gets up right I mean, like from here to the little stand right here. And he got up this close. And I go, all right, let's pray. You know, we prayed. They, they said I was the most loved speaker they ever had because I didn't know that they had to listen to me preach to eat. And since I only went about 10, 15 minutes, they were really excited about getting to their dinner. Right? But you know what? Let me tell you something. If I had never stepped out, I would never have learned so much from that experience. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but God taught me so much. I thank God I didn't stay in my comfortable seat somewhere else. You see, growth happens as we step out by faith and we trust God to use us and we begin to serve. If you're not serving, let me tell you something. You're not growing. You're not. I don't know how you can grow in Jesus and not be serving. I don't know how. And maybe, maybe you can come correct me that with some passages, but I just don't see it in the scripture. You, you, serving leads to growing. And that's the second thing. We as, passion, as followers of Jesus, we must be passionate about maturity. Your goal is your spiritual maturity. That God designed you to grow in faith. God has designed you not to stay in immaturity, but to grow spiritually, to grow in his faith. Look what he, look what he says in verse, verse 13. Until we all attain. That idea shows us when. When we all attain, that means you and you and you and you. It's every one of us. 
And the word attain is the use of a traveler who's traveling and he reaches his destination. And the picture is, is that in our spiritual growth, that we're to be working together in the ministry using these enabling powers, these spiritual gifts that God has given us for the body of Christ. And we're to keep doing that until we all attain. And he lists some things for us to attain here, to the unity of the faith and knowledge of, 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 of the Son of God. It's literally this idea of oneness. Remember us talking about being passionate for oneness? Oneness and the idea of, of, our, of our beliefs, oneness and the idea of our unity, oneness and the idea of our love for Christ. Man, have we not been shattered in unity over the last couple of years, 18 months or so? We become so focused on so many other things and we need to get our focus back to one reality, and that is Jesus. I have a lot of opinions. I can state my opinions all you, all you want, but really my opinions matter not unless you know Jesus. We need, we need Jesus, don't we? And there needs to be a oneness, a unity of faith. He's talking about our, our faith, our belief in the same direction and the knowledge of the Son of God, that he becomes that source in which we function, live, and operate to a mature manhood, he says. He's literally talking about spiritual maturity, longing for the complete maturity in Christ. Now, I believe that happens when, when Jesus comes. So between here and there, I'm pursuing spiritual growth, maturity. And then he says, to the measure of the status of the fullness of Christ, that the goal of the Christian life is maturity. If someone says they are following Christ, then they cannot stand not to grow in Jesus. You say this morning you're a follower of Jesus, then you cannot be satisfied with complacency. Man, I pray that you're being, God, may your spirit move among us to challenge our hearts. This isn't just me. This isn't me. May God, your spirit move among us. That we don't just get comfortable in our chairs, comfortable in our homes and what we attain and what we collect, but that there would be a passion that the understanding that the spirit of God that dwells within me is passionate. His DNA is my spiritual maturity. Let us not continue to be comfortable as children, but that we would grow I, I just pray that today, I, I, um, yesterday was a difficult day and in so many different ways. It was more me. It was just more me fighting the flesh. A few years ago, I would have just probably gone off and I have, I have anger issues. I've never hidden that. God has grown me in that. And he's taught me how to overcome. And, and yesterday, it could have been a day where I could have just... just lost. But I, did, I, you know, I just kind of started going after a while. I was like, okay, Lord, it's just one of those days. But I had to get away because I was, I, I, had, I was behind on my sermon prep. And I was like, man, I got to get away. So I came up here. And then I just started walking through here. I walked in the other room where we meet. I started praying over these chairs. I started praying for you. And I just got, God, God, let us not, let us not grow complacent in our faith. Challenge us, oh God. Challenge us. I came across this quote from Charles Spurgeon a while back or not too long ago. 
In fact, I'm making a copy and keeping it on my desk. And you, if you go ahead and put it up there, it says, rouse thee, it literally means rise. This is a little bit old English from Charles Spurgeon. Rouse thee, O believer, from the low condition. Cast away the sloth, thy coldness, or whatever interferes with, the cha- with thy chase and pure love to Christ. Make him the source, the center, the circumference of all thy soul's range of delight. Rest no longer satisfied with the dwarfness of, of tamants. Aspire to a higher, nobler, and fuller life, upward to heaven, nearer to God. Amen? That we would shed those things off, that we would put those things that keep us cold in our faith. God's desire for you is to be more and more like his son. Look what he says in verse 14. So that we may no longer be children. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Dude, let's not no longer be children. One of my, one of my kids, <clears throat> I don't know, when he was about two, two to three years old, just had a knack. He figured out how to unlock the doors, right? So if we lost track of him within the house, that door was open and he was out, man. He, and he didn't just go out and like play in the front yard. He hit the road, ran down the middle of the road wearing nothing but his diaper, just down. I mean, the whole neighborhood had to think we were like the worst parents in the world, right? You know? And so, so he would, he would do, I had to get one of those locks at the, at the top of the door, you know, so he couldn't reach it. And one day I'm walking by the front door and I look over and he's scooted a chair over there. He's climbing on the chair, pulling it off. If you know my kids, you probably know which one it was, but nevertheless, you know, he didn't understand the dangers that were outside that door. To him, it was running down the road was nothing to fear. He didn't understand the dangers of that. Why? Because he was immature. He didn't know the things yet. And so Paul's drawn the same picture about us spiritually. That if, if we're not thirsting for growth, we need to quit being children because we don't understand the dangers that are out there. Because then what happens is we get tossed to and fro, right? You hear this new teaching and you go, oh. And then you hear another new teaching, oh. You hear a new idea, oh. The world starts pouring in. You, you spend more time on social media than you do in the scriptures, oh. And you just start going every which way and you lose your faith. Why? Because you're not anchored in the text. You're not anchored in the scriptures. And you just start going and, and see what happens is in spiritual maturity, you gain wisdom, knowledge, and insight. You, you grow in Christ. So when those things start happening and the world starts crashing in around us, you go, wait, stop. That's not right. I was talking with someone this week that's going through some incredible difficulties, more than I can ever imagine or even be able to, to describe the tremendous weight that they're experiencing was with them in my office. And I remember at one point I said, God is still good. And they responded with such faith, such maturity. 
There's been other times where I've seen people under such crushing weight who start giving their faith, start wondering, that, doubting that God is true, that God is real. And yet I was watching this person go through tremendous difficulty and they were like, wait, God is still God. God is still king. Where does that come from? It comes from spiritual maturity. And when we see people giving up the faith and walking away, oh, God and I are good. I mean, I haven't read his scriptures. I have no idea what it says. I think it's wrong because I'm gonna live my life my way, but God and I are good. Nothing biblical about that, by the way. Nothing biblical. If you can't, if you can't find it in the scriptures, then you're not speaking on behalf of God. I'm not trying to be critical, but let's be real. We need to grow in our maturity. We need to be growing in Christ where we're gonna be tossed to and from and we're seeing all kinds of that happening right now in the middle of these storms that we're seeing around our world where we're in a place where people are walking away from the faith. Dear God's people, do not. Stay true and grow in maturity and be anchored in the truth of his word. Don't, don't falter. Verses 15 and 16, he goes on and he says, rather in contrast to, in contrast to being immature, rather speaking the truth in love. In fact, it's interesting. That word literally means truthing in love. It's the idea that, that in both your life and your, and your actions and your speech that love's about that. It doesn't mean you don't speak truth. So many of us, here's what we do. We're really good at this in the Bible churches, by the way. We're really good about this. We speak truth and we're right and we care not how we come across because we're right. We cannot do that. We need to speak truth in love. We need to be loving. Yes, is there a place for tough love? Uh, yeah, tell me all about it. But we need to, because look what it says, very next thing. Speaking truth in love, we are to grow up maturity, spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. That Christ is our source. We receive grace from him and he's our source, an object of growth at every stage of spiritual growth. We're to grow up in him. A maturity. And look what he goes on. He says, from, referring back to Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every part or joined with which, with which is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it's built itself up. God is about growing his church. And I don't mean growing numbers. I mean growing us in maturity. If you're just doing things so that you can grow spiritually without concern of the body, you're missing it. It's like the bodybuilder goes out there and he gets the, the weight and he just does one arm, right? And he builds that one arm, he builds that one arm. In fact, I was telling him in the first hour, I, I really regret, I had this idea late last night and it's too, it was too late, but I was like, I wish I would just grown out a beard this week and then just shave half of it this morning, you know? Because that's how we treat the body of Christ sometimes. 
Like all the ladies, you just come in this morning, you only do makeup on one half of the face, right? You know, we just don't do that, right? Because we take into account the whole body because the whole body is what God is concerned about that we would grow in maturity that as we, as we fall in love with Jesus and Jesus's love impacts us, we impact each other for the sake of the body. So I might impact you and you impact you and you impact you and you impact them and then you impact them and you impact them and you impact them and you impact me because we're the body of Christ. If, if, if I drop dead today, dear people of God, this body would go on because it's not about me. It's not about any one person. It's about the body of Christ. And dear people of God, we need to grow in maturity and we use those enablings that God has given us within the context of the body. That's God's intent. That's his design. Isn't it beautiful? So what that means is every one of you are important to the growth of the body of Christ, to build it up in love. And we need to be people as followers of Jesus who are passionate about building up, about building up the body of Christ in love. You see, when we act in love, then we don't cut off, do we? We don't just throw out one another. We, we encourage and we build up. I remember, and I shared this in the first hour and I apprehensive to share it this hour in some ways, but because it's online and all those people out there are gonna get to see it, hear it, right? So one of the foolishness of myself early on in ministry, I was in a, minute, a pastorate been there four or five years, I think it was. And I really began to struggle. It was a, it was a little southern country church, uh, country church in the south. And it had grown. I mean, it was, it was great to see the growth. Everything was positive, all that kind of stuff. But I was so discontent. Because those people, they just wanted me to come sit on the porch and have tea with them, right? And they share the same problems. And I was like, man... You're still talking about the same thing we were talking about last year. If you know anything about me, I'm not made that way. I'm just not that, you know, I'm like, hey, let's move on. And, and they just wanted someone to love on them. And I was struggling with that. And I began to complain to God about his people. I ended up leaving that ministry. Um, there were several things that were going on. Uh, none of it with the church. Great church, still love them, still, they still welcome me back. I don't understand why, but they do. Um, but I was, I was having to grow in Christ. I didn't have a concept of understanding body. I remember coming, moving to this area and I started attending NBC and had become a deacon and an elder. I was involved in the ministry here. And one day I was complaining to God about his people again, wiping the same noses, you know, like God, what's up? Like I, that never happens with me. <laughs> no, that's not true by the way. I remember as I was talking to God one day, he just said to me, he said, those are my people. You see, when we start griping and complaining about each other, we need to stop and realize that's God's person. God's gonna develop them. God's gonna grow them. I don't think I ever learned ministry more than in that one moment between me and my God. Please don't look down on me. <laughs> I know I don't always have the best mindset in the flesh and neither do you, but I'm okay. I love you. I wanna see you grow in Jesus. 
I want to see you experience the peace and the joy and the comfort that I have in Christ Jesus. I want you to experience the full. I want to hear how Jesus is working in your life. I had somebody come up last week in the, in the lobby. He said, Greg, you didn't hear this. I want, to, I want to share with you what Jesus did in my life. I remember Brad Feltus when he was going here. Every week I would find him. Who'd you share the gospel with this week? And Brad would kind of humbly, and then he, he did. Every week. I would, man, I longed to hear from him every week. I longed to hear what God's doing in your life too. That's the body. That's the body. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, let's be passionate about, about ministry, about maturity, and building up the body of Christ in love. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray, God, that you just speak to us this morning. Um, Lord, I know that there was a lot of different things today that, were, that are said that, are, that can go so many different ways. So, Father, I submit myself and trust you and your Holy Spirit to speak to us. Some this morning, Father, um, you know them. May your spirit move in among our hearts and some need to, need to get back into the game. Some need to be restored, Father. Some need to let go of some hurts and some need to, to come to a place, Father, of, of operating within the body in love. Some of us, Father, we need to quit condemning one another and recognize that we are your people and we need to trust you, Father, to grow each and every one of us. Father, some of us, we just need to start using that gift you've given us and to get involved and see that we step out by faith. Nothing, nothing is too hard for your hand, God. And may we learn to trust you each and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.